0: Welcome to Realcast, the weekly roundup of the Real Asset Markets. My name's Richard Betts and I'm joined by Nicole Dines, Paul Strom and Dan Innes. Um, welcome back, Dan. Um, what have you been following this week?
1: In the UK, France and other European countries, you know, a second lockdown, but... At least this time, um, the, the general mood in the market seems that everybody's a bit more prepared uh, for the second lockdown and what that actually means uh, for their real assets. In the news, uh, there, was, uh, there was another great article in the FT entitled how shopping centres uh, can recover from the pandemic. And that includes some useful analysis and comment from some of the UK's largest owners, people like um, Aviva, APAM, uh, and Hammerson, uh, who, of course, you know we've been following uh, closely. But Mark Bourgeois, who is MD of Hammerson in the UK and Ireland, he said in the report that, Alongside mixed use space, that the the, the Hammerson is also considering turning large, you know, some of its largest car parks and basements into distribution centres. And elsewhere, Chris Irwin, he's the director of real assets and research at Aviva Investors, he said that more intensive data usage needs to be part of the solution. And that's you know, that's going to support new relationships between landlords and retailers. And, and rather looking at traditional Rental models. A more sort of collaborative approach is required. And elsewhere, uh, we saw in Property EU Investco they've made another acquisition in Paris. It's just over or around 300 million euros. A retail office and resi building on Rue de Faubourg Saint Honoré, and that's on behalf of two German pension funds and a Parisian family office. You know that deal is the latest in a series of high-profile acquisitions and transactions. Uh, in Paris for Invesco. Other luxury retail, you know, they acquired 53 Avenue Montaigne, they acquired the office building Boost in Saint-Denis, and there was the Parisian logistics facility. And Let's not forget the huge office acquisition of Capital Eight in central Paris, purchased from Uniby at the end of 2018. So, you know, Invesco really, really active. And then uh, last but not least, uh, we also saw um, in the news on Friday in EG, the Wellcome Trust, they made a 500 million plus takeover bid for developer urban and civic now you'll remember urban and civic because they were founded just over 10 years ago they were trying to help meet the government's housing requirements and housing shortfall and in that time you know they kind of become the leading master developer for large-scale strategic sites but i mean a half a billion Pound cash offer of 345p per share. That represents a 63.5% premium against the share price on the 5th of November. For it to proceed, 75% of urban and civics shareholders need to vote in favour of it, uh, but it could happen as early as. Um, as at the beginning of next
0: year it 's interesting that um, we had a session uh, also last week on logistics in in sort of transformation um, and Sean Cooley there mentioned around parking areas for last mile logistics and and the, the transformation of some of the retail assets um, or aspects of, of retail into last mile logistics um, so that 's a really interesting topic I think and also Doris Pittlinger, um, who's the managing director for fund management in Europe at invesco I was with Doris on a session at Expo Real and there she was also mentioning um, how they saw Paris and particularly high street um, retail as a very attractive option at the moment. Um, So interesting to see that coming through. Uh, Nicole, what, what have you been following?
2: I was interested in a couple of news that came out of Italy because they, I think they point to wider trends uh, throughout Europe. Um, uh, JLL has just appointed Barbara Cominelli as head of Italy for them. The interesting thing is she's never worked in real estate. She was chief operating officer for Microsoft. She's had a you know, long career in technology. She was one of, uh, she was last year, she was one of the top 50 women in technology in Europe. So obviously that points to, to the big trend of how the growing importance of technology and data in in real estate, so I thought oh, that was a, an interesting piece um, of news. And another in Bologna, in central Italy, M&G Real Estate has invested 62 million in a new 15-storey student housing. Again, showing that uh, people still have believed in student housing coming back in a big way. Being, a, you know, some especially in a place like Italy, which uh, where there's uh, a lot of um, demand and very little supply. And again, following the, the the trend, the latest trends in student housing, we'll have a gym, a yoga studio, cinema and games room, and, and a lot of green space, which is now a must. So I thought those were two interesting little nuggets. The Real Asset Media did an interview with Taylor McWilliams of um, of Honda Enterprises, who owns a Brixton Village in London. And um, he was um, saying uh, some very interesting things about how resilient retail can be if it's community-based and very local. Uh, Brixton Village you know 150 local businesses it never closed uh, during the the previous lockdown or this one and in fact it did even better than normal because people were working from home uh, rather than going to offices in central London so people were buying very much uh, locally and uh, interestingly Honda Enterprises has just got the green light from Lambeth Council to build a 20-story office building right next to Brixton Village which has been somewhat controversial, but it's interesting that they believe that people will want to work more locally as well as shop.
0: I think it's interesting and... and that's a relatively niche area um, in terms of the retail side because it, it it operates closer to a market in some way um, and is a very niche part of that and and I think innovative part of that as well. Um, and and I've been looking across the news recently and there's been a lot of discussion, including actually Property EU in its weekly data sheet, saying that investors are buying logistics, wholesale, retail, and healthcare and selling offices. There's been quite a lot of activity in that healthcare and senior housing area with recent. CoFinimo buying 11 German care assets for 310 million, Primonial refinancing 400 million of German health care and also Lone Star's real estate agreeing an offer for the UK pioneers of retail living, McCarthy and Stone. That all kind of picks up on this demand for alternative property investments, and particularly also in the in the, in the kind of healthcare and uh, and senior housing area. Paul, what have you been following this week in terms of the news flow?
3: Emerging trends in real estate Europe, which the urban Land Institute and PwC publish every year is just out. The great thing about it is that it's an opinion survey that's got such high-level access to around 1,000 of the main players in property throughout Europe. So some of the initial conclusions are statements of fact, really. so Europe's property sector is in the midst of a cyclical downturn, coinciding with long-term structural changes. Retail and offices will be most affected due to widespread uncertainty over rent collection. Challenges around business travel and potential future lockdowns raise concerns about deal sourcing. And so diminished intercontinental investment activity is giving homegrown investment demand a crack of the whip. So domestic investors currently have greater significance than previously. But the report also raises bigger questions and says that although property is one of the few asset classes to provide acceptable returns while interest rates are in low or negative territory, security of real estate income is one of the big questions facing the industry. It says rent collection problems experienced during the pandemic are encouraging increasing number of investors and investment managers to look beyond real estate bond-like credentials and to assess the underlying operational risk of the occupiers. The move towards Property as a service or operational asset class is an accelerating trend which fits with the uh, increased interest in healthcare that you mentioned. It's the complete antithesis of the now long gone sign up a blue chip tenant for 25 years and collect the rent approach and it's perhaps going to force property professionals to look more at operational businesses that have been on the fringes to some extent because they don't operate arm's length leases. So perhaps the whole hospitality, serviced offices and healthcare models m- may provide some of the templates. Tons in here, and I'll be playing through it for weeks, I'm sure, but it does include lead tables. Everyone loves a lead table. It looks at the top 10 sector prospects. The top five are data centres, logistic facilities, life sciences, new energy, And infrastructure, industrial and warehouse which gets a separate definition to logistics. Interestingly retail and offices are not even in the top ten.
0: That's a a real change and data centers I think is going to be something um, that we'll be covering a, a lot more in these kinds of discussions. I noticed as well that the new Berlin Airport had opened after a 10-year delay but exactly the same time when there was a lockdown across europe and we were probably entering a period when there will be almost no flights for some considerable time but nonetheless delighted to see it open having discussed it in all of our sessions on germany for at least the past seven years mm-hmm. um so good to see that it's finally open next week i'm sure we'll look more at uh, I guess the ramifications of the US presidential vote and Senate vote and what that actually means for real estate. But in the meantime, thanks very much, Dan. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you.